We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host, as always. And joining me today is a very special guest, Mr. Russell Brown, who covers the NFL Draft for Cover One. He's the national scout for them. They do great work. Russell does great work. He's one of my favorite uh, draft follows of the of the draft season. So uh, can't thank him enough for joining us today. And uh, Russell, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I appreciate you for having me on. It's always fun uh, jumping on new podcasts. Never been on this one before, so I'm excited because you get to talk about uh, different teams, right? Like, so you know, yesterday I did a Jets one. Today we're doing Chargers, so I'm excited to talk a little Chargers. Probably talk a little Combine, but appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, of course. And uh, you know, if you're down, I'm down. We can make this a, a tradition for next year and 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 going forward. So, um, like I said, uh, Russell does great work. Um, covering the draft. If you are watching this, you can follow him at Russ NFL Draft on Twitter, as as it says on the screen here. So um, make sure and uh, check him out. So um, Russell, let's uh, get started with some some combine takeaways. Obviously, we're uh, a few days removed here. Um, from a general sense, uh, what's kind of your thought process on really how much does the athletic testing for these prospects actually mean in terms of their draft stock? Yeah, it depends on position for me, right? Like an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman running a 40 yard dash doesn't really matter. Obviously <laughs> watching Andrew Voorhees do it and then end up, you know, tearing an ACL. That's very unfortunate, but you know, offensive lineman running a 40 
doesn't really matter. Now, if they absolutely bomb it and it's like a 6.5, that's a different conversation. But really, we've only seen one bad combine for an offensive tackle as far as 40 times, and that's Orlando Brown. So um, I think I think for the most part, it just depends on position. And, and I think each position has different drills that really matter, right? For edge rushers, that 40-yard or 40-yard, that uh, vertical jump, that 10-yard split, that three-cone drill, all that shows hip fluidity, explosiveness. Same thing for receivers, three-cone drill. You know, it's great seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba have a great three-cone drill because his 40-time might not have been the best even if he was fully healthy or, or whatever. But at the same time, it's like his game isn't long speed. It's shiftiness. And the shiftiness that I saw from him at the combine matches what I saw on tape. So that's what I like to see is what matches on tape and what doesn't. And you can kind of tweak some things, but if you're altering all of your rankings off of what happened in Indianapolis, we got a problem. So, um, you know, I I think it's, it's just kind of case by case base basis. Uh, Every player is a little bit different. Um, But yeah, I thought this year was, was pretty good. I'm excited to talk about a lot of these guys from, from this past weekend. Yeah, as uh, somebody who was in the stands about 18 rows up uh, at the Rose Bowl two years ago, I am not surprised that Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of set the record there for, uh, you know, the short agility stuff. The man can play. I mean, I've, like you said, definitely not like a, a burner by any means, but, uh, you know, I'm excited to see where he ends up. So um, you mentioned, uh, I, I guess, kind of the process here. I don't necessarily want to talk a ton about quarterbacks because uh, the Chargers don't need one. Um, but <laughs> what do you make of what Anthony Richardson was able to do? I mean, obviously, you know, people in my opinion are kind of over talking the like project sentiment that that's on social media. Um, I knew he was athletic man, but being the most athletic quarterback that we've ever seen at the combine, uh, what do you think that ultimately does for him in his case to be a, a top draft pick in this class? Yeah, I mean, the conversation has always been for him, is he going to go top 15, top 20? Is Detroit an option for him at 18? Uh, Does he go to a place like potentially the Jets at 13? Well, uh, you know, newsflash for everybody, he's not going to be there. He's he's more than likely going to be a top three, top four pick, um, and certainly a top five pick. Uh, There's a I think a pretty good chance he ends up going first overall, just simply because as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen at the combine. And we know how teams operate. They, if they can get their hands on that, they put trust in the fact that their coaching staff can mold a guy. And he is actually a lot further along than I think a lot of people give him credit for like his footwork in the pockets, relatively good um, and, and consistent. His ability to navigate in the pocket and step up and, and, and shift left to right is, is spot on solid uh, pros pro. And you got the arm strength there. And, and it's something that with him, you, you don't need to teach him how to throw a deep ball. He can just simple flick of the yeah. wrist. He's just got to learn touch and anticipation. So I think that's the big thing with him. Those seam routes when he's playing against Georgia, you know, he'll he'll throw a seam route and he overthrows it by five, 10 yards. And I don't know if that's because he got dinged up in that game or not, um, but he is somebody that you put all your chips on the table because there's a chance that if he turns into a guy that ends up being like Pat Mahomes, a Josh Allen, you are getting an absolute stud. And I think he is that, you know, a guy that's going to end up going a lot sooner than people think. Um, and people are going to probably just, you know, discredit what I'm saying or, or disagree with what I'm saying. And that's fine. But I mean, there's a reason to why the odds have shifted so much. And I know that's yeah. happened in years past, but when it happens with a quarterback, it's for real, that's legit. And again, I, I just, I think 
Indianapolis moving up to one or Houston at two, or even a team like Carolina moving up to one, it just makes sense for, for them to go after a guy like uh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, based off of everything that we've been hearing out of Indianapolis, that the quarterbacks are all going and all going to go early. And uh, you know, if you are, you know, a team that can be patient, you know, a Frank Reich who has a six year contract, like, why would you not go take, you know, the biggest gamble and, and, and take a big swing at this thing and see if you can, you know, knock it out of the park. So I think Anthony Richardson is is underrated essentially at this point as a yeah. processor. And you mentioned, you know, his movement in the pockets. He's a fun, fun player to watch. So um, we'll shift gears, obviously, away from the quarterbacks here. Um, any wide receiver or defensive back to you that really kind of, you know, stood out, maybe somebody that could be not necessarily a top guy, but you know, somebody that could have gone from maybe late first, early second to potentially being a top 15, top 20 pick. I certainly think Jackson Smith and Jigba did enough to justify being, you know, the first receiver off the board. I, I know he didn't run the 40, but like we mentioned, he's not a burner. It's it's not really his game. It's the shiftiness within his routes. It's what he does pre-snap from orbit motions to jet motions to what he does after catching the football. I mean, he could have two to three defenders in space in short, tight areas of the field, and he ends up just getting this wiggle and, and juke or cut, and he ends up making all these defenders miss. And that's the special thing about his game and him coming in at six, one, one like that's a solid size, uh, solid frame. The, the vertical jump at 35 inches is, is solid. I think he's somebody that can play in the slot. He can play outside. I, I think there's a chance that he ends up going top 15, just simply because of mm. kind of what Jordan Addison didn't do. Jordan Addison didn't test great. He wasn't as explosive as you'd expect for a player his size at 173 pounds. Um, and, and he's a former track and field guy too, Jordan Addison. And I know he had the back strain, so maybe the 40 time wasn't as impressive. It was a four five, but at the same time, this was a guy in high school in the hundred meter dash. He ran it in like 10.81 seconds. So it's like, well, you kind of expect him to be in like the low four fours or high four threes. And he just sure. wasn't. So, um, I, I think with Quentin Johnston, he's an, he's another one. And, and these are kind of the big three, right? Like where are they going to go and, and what order are they going to go? And Quentin Johnston, he had an impressive workout. He made some really good catches and really good grabs, high pointing the football him being 6'2 was a little underwhelming, and maybe some people prefer that because maybe that means he can run his routes a little bit better. But I just see a guy that doesn't have that dog for a guy his size to go up and and always create separation. And I'm fine with guys that don't create separation. I'm a big Mike Williams guy. I'm a big T. Higgins guy. I'm a Drake London guy. Guys that don't separate, I'm fine with. But Quentin Johnston is just interesting, and I just don't see the physicality within his game that I would like to see. Um, but so, so that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards Jackson Smith. Um, and another name, you know, I, I think that doesn't get enough credit is, um, and this is a kind of a late round guy, but that's Marvin Mims Jr. from, yeah. from Oklahoma. Not, not going to say he's going to be a first rounder by any means, but to run a four, three, eight, almost have a 40 inch vertical to have a, a under seven second, three cone drill like that. He's, he's always been kind of this vertical threat, right? him having those times really showcases that he can be a short and intermediate area route runner for a team. And I think that's a really good thing to have because you're going to need him to do a variety of things. And I think he's going to move up a lot of teams boards. I'd be interested if a team like the chargers would be actually very interested in a player like him, because I think they're going to do some research on wide receivers in this draft, probably safe assumption. And I, I wonder if a guy like Mims would be an under the radar player for them. 
Yeah, I'm a, as you could probably guess, I'm a big Marvin Moon fan. I, I think he's very underrated in this class as well. Um, you know, a lot of fans want the Chargers to to take a receiver at 21. And, you know, uh, all the mock drafters have, have, you know, it's been generally been, you know, a wide receiver or a tight end. Um, how good is this wide receiver class in your opinion? Because I think there's, you know, the, you know, a lot of people will say the Chargers might have a chance of getting, you know, wide receiver two at 21. Uh, because of all the other positions right but it's like how does that really stack up in comparison to to previous years in your opinion it's it's not close to previous years I mean there's no CD lamb in this draft I mean CD lamb for me a few years ago was a top five top six player Jamar Chase same type of deal there's none of those guys in here and that was kind of what I was getting to with Quentin Johnson is those guys had that dog mentality those it factor kind of traits where they just go up and get it doesn't matter if they're six foot flat or six foot four they go up and they get it Quentin Johnson doesn't really do that Jackson Smith Again, not really his game. Jordan Addison, not really his game. I still like Jordan Addison a lot. I still think he's you know, my top receiver in this draft. But mm. none of those guys show it consistently enough to where I'm like, hey, I would take this guy top 10. So I think the Chargers have a legitimate shot to take one of those three guys at 21 if they really want one of them. It's just a matter of who's it's going to be. And if I had to bet on who was going to move up, it would be, you know, JSN. But I think it's a good group overall. I don't, again, I don't think it's great, especially at the top. I think there's a lot of mid-round guys that are really interesting. As we mentioned, Marvin Mims, uh, another name, Charlie Jones from Purdue. He's like just quietly had a really good combine. And I don't know like if uh, enough people really realize that, that like, Hey, he actually had a, a good overall combine and he's, he's not going to be a, a, a super high draft pick, but he's going to be somebody that goes in and he competes. He goes in the fourth round. Um, but then you go into, you know, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. You have uh, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, who I like as a true X receiver at six, three, like two Oh one, two Oh five. Um, so I think I think you can find a lot of day two value in this draft, and I I don't want to say like you're going to get the same results as a day one receiver that you draft, but I think it's going to be a lot closer uh, as far as production over a, a five six year span uh, for a lot of these guys. I think it's going to be a lot of same production. So are um, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, and, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of far and away like the first round receivers for you? Yeah, and, and I mean. Could we see Jalen Hyatt get in there? Absolutely. Could we see Zay Flowers and Josh Downs? I haven't even gotten into them yet. Uh, those are kind of like the second tier guys. And it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up going JSN, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, and then Jordan Addison. It wouldn't surprise me by any means if that's the, the order it goes. Or if it even went Zay Flowers and then Quentin Johnston and JSN. Because sure. um, every team has, you know, receivers are like ice cream. It's It's pick your flavor. And I think that's the thing here with these guys. Every GM and scout and, and coaching staff are going to have a certain flavor. It's going to be chocolate, vanilla, Neapolitan, this, this, and that. So it's going to be all different things, and I think that's the key. And um, I think Flowers and, and Downs have a shot to get more so in the back end of the first round. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if a team like Kansas City falls in love with the Zay Flowers and they have so much draft capital, they move up and get in front of a team like the Chargers and, and get Zay Flowers uh, just because there's a lot of potential there. Um, but, yeah, I think once you get past the top-tier guys in, in JSN, Johnston, um, and Addison, you kind of get into that second tier of Downs and, and Flowers for me, and then you get into the Hyatts and the Tillmans and stuff like that. I gotcha. All right. 
Um, like I mentioned, obviously a lot of guys have uh, a lot of draft analysts have the Chargers taking a tight end. I know Dane Brugler has uh, taken Michael Mayer and pretty much every mock draft he he's done for the Chargers. Lots of love out there for Dalton Kincaid. Um, obviously, Darnell Washington, another physical freak of of nature from this past weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on this tight end group? I like it. I, I genuinely like it. I, I think you can get a lot of talent, whether it's Musgrave out of Oregon State, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, Dalton Kincaid. I, I'm a big fan of Kincaid. Um, I mean, only having one career drop, the vertical threat ability that he has, he can align in the slot, 6'4", 250, 245 in that range. Um, and I know he didn't test, and I know he's working through you know, an injury, and, and that might concern some people. But he's, again, sure-handed, moves really well after the catch. He has that vertical threat ability. He goes up and gets it, too. He high points the football well. I just I think in today's game, the type of tight ends that we've seen in the past from you know Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz, um, Dallas Goddard, Kincaid falls into that. Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, he's, you know, he's more of like that, and I hate using another Notre Dame guy, but he's kind of like that Kyle Rudolph, right? Like that boring tight end but he's just super consistent and he didn't test off the charts. He wasn't overly explosive, but when you watch him, that's not really his game. He's always been a pretty good route runner. He's always been the short and intermediate intermediate underneath guy for an organization or for an Notre Dame team. He'll be the same for, for an organization. Um, he's going to be in the a first round somewhere. He might not be the first tight end off the board. And a lot of that could be because of a name I haven't gotten into and in, in Darnell Washington out of Georgia. I mean, how how can you not drool over a six seven two hundred sixty five pound uh, tight end that ran a four six four had an impressive one handed catch? I mean, yeah, it's crazy how big this guy was. And in just watching him back in September and October, it was like, okay, this dude's legit. And people I talked to at the Senior Bowl were like, he's easily one of the the ten or fifteen best players overall in this draft. And I'm like, well, I think you're nuts for saying that, but you know. Each to their, you know, <laughs> each to their own, um, but yeah, he could go a lot sooner than people think, and maybe he ends up being a, a guy that the Chargers really like, just simply because of overall fit and and kind of the the blended tight ends that they've taken in the past. Some of those bigger size guys, you think of like Donald Parham and stuff like that. So maybe they fall in love with a guy like that, uh, just simply because of overall fit. Yeah, I, I've always made this comparison on our show. It's like if. Donald Parham went to Georgia and were draft eligible instead of doing the XFL route. Like how high would you take him? And like, you know, if you're taking like the best case version of Donald Parham as a prospect, like how high would that person go? And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's an underselling what Darnell Washington is. I certainly was not expecting him to go out there and run a four, six and yeah. uh, be fourth in the agility, rec- uh, the agility drill. And, you know, I think he had, had himself a day. I, I knew like that he was going to go and be like the biggest sled mover, right? Like that was not a surprise to me, but, you know, right. the way that he moved in the short area, I think was the biggest surprise there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause that's not really his game. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't run a, a bunch of routes like that. Like a lot of his routes are kind of rounded. They're kind of, you know, dig routes or out routes and there's nothing really flashy to it, or he runs up the seam and he makes a great adjustment. Like he shows great body control and adjustment to catches, but he doesn't really show that shiftiness. And there were times that, and I mean, he must've definitely cut some weight because I don't think he was playing at 264 during the regular season. Wouldn't surprise me if he was more like 270, 275, and that makes a difference. So a lot of people have said like, oh, he's a sixth offensive lineman for a team. And that's fine. I mean, teams that want to run the football, they want to have an extra blocker. That's a big plus. And then you bring in the guy that can actually go out and catch. 
I think Washington has a, a lot of desired traits and skills that uh, I think teams are, are going to really like. Yeah, absolutely agree there. Um, so an underrated uh, need, in our opinion, on this show for the Chargers it is a pass rusher. Um, obviously, they have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Joey didn't really uh, – he only played in five games last year. Khalil Mack ended up there in age. Um, you know, I, I, we don't necessarily have to talk about Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, but um, who from the edge rushers this week maybe kind of stood out to you that the Chargers could be targeting in the first round at, at, at pick 21? The first guy is is Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, 6'5", 270, 34-inch arms, ran a 4'5'8", uh, for people that love the 40-time stuff. But the you know 10-yard split at 164 at that size is really impressive stuff. He's more of a speed-to-power type guy. He's, he's going to use his length. He's going to have that power on display consistently. Um, and I, I love his skill set. I mean, he he... The more you watch of him, the more you really like him. And he's versatile. I mean, there's times you watch him, he's plugged down as a two-eye. He's in a four-eye. He's standing up outside. So I think the Chargers can use him in a, in a variety of ways. And I'd be really intrigued with him if he's if he ends up being there at at 21 or 22, whatever the, the, the pick is. I, I, I think it's actually 22. but we It's end technically up saying, 22, yeah. But, you know, Dolphins. We say 21. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which has screwed everything up. Because when I do like a mock draft, I end up – going berserk because i miss you know i don't put them in there and i'm like yeah why are the chargers 21 or whatever so i what, gotcha but, totally get it but uh another name Derek hall from auburn oh. uh not nece- not necessarily a, a guy that is uh, worthy of pick 22 because he doesn't have the pass rush plan as other edge rushers but it just wouldn't surprise me if if a team liked the Chargers valued a guy like that, as we've seen them do with you know guys with similar size at at six three two fifty five, like a Melvin Ingram or something like that. Um, I mean, he tested well a four five five. He had a, a ten yard split of one five nine, which I like to look at just because it's it's impressive to see that get off. And I think he has a really good get off. I think he's got really good bend. I think he pursues well. And when I was at the Senior Bowl talking just with with the scouts that were around me, and then just listening to Brian Flores drool over the speed to power that Derek Hall had I'm like man he really likes him and now he's in Minnesota so maybe he is actually worthy of you know between pick like 20 and all the way through pick 32 uh, just simply because of the overall position and kind of the need and the skill set so I, I think he's somebody worth looking at and then just the the last name and this is one that I don't know if he's going to be there, but how can you not get excited about the potential of Nolan Smith from Georgia? I mean, he blew up the combine at 6'2", 240. Uh, 439 is just ridiculous. A 41 and a half inch vertical is, is crazy. And he's somebody that kind of does it all for the Georgia defense. I mean, he he plays off-ball linebacker. He, he plays in the slot a little bit, at, really out wide, and he might run to curl the flats or he'll rush the passer. He shows you know, fluidity within his lower body. He shows really good power. He takes on blocks well. So I think he's he's somebody that had he had not gotten hurt, I think we would have been talking about him all this time through the first round, but now he's solidified it. And if he ends up being there at 22 as, as a sneaky need, as you mentioned for the Chargers, I think Nolan Smith kind of fits uh, as as well. So I think those three guys all kind of fit at that 22 range. Yeah, we're big Nolan, Nolan Smith fans on this show. Um <laughs> You know, I, I agree, I man. So. If he doesn't get hurt, yeah. If he, if he doesn't get hurt, I think you're definitely talking about a bona fide, you know, top twelve pick. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. He, he might still end up being that guy. But um, people keep saying to me, like, oh, like he doesn't have a ton of pass rush productivity. It's like, well, 
he got injured, like he was on his way to having a ton of pass rush productivity. And also like Georgia's blowing everybody out and, and they're rotating eight guys. So I'm not concerned about Nolan Smith. I think he's a fantastic prospect. I think he's gonna be a great pro. And uh, I mean, his podium session was electric. I wasn't there, but I caught, you know, some of the clips and stuff. So, you know, I think he just checks a lot of boxes for what these teams are looking for at that position, uh, you know, just overall. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you want guys that, you know, wear their heart on their sleeve. They, they show it with effort on the field. And he seems like a, just a great locker room guy, a guy that just got his head on his shoulders and he's, he's going to be productive at the next level. It's just more so fit scheme and and where he ends up going uh, in this first round. And like you mentioned, he could very well be a top 12 pick. I mean, you look at Houston, uh, they could go quarterback at two, even though they need an edge rusher, they could pass on Will Anderson, take that QB and then end up going Nolan Smith at 12 if he's there. So I, I think he he would make a lot of sense for uh, uh, the, the coaching staff there. Yeah, absolutely agree there. So um, Russell, this has been great, man. Appreciate all your time. Uh, where can uh, our listeners go and uh, find your work if they want to check you out? Yeah, I appreciate you for having me. You know, if uh, we got to do this again as we get closer, for sure. Uh, but find me on Twitter in the meantime at Russ NFL Draft. Just tons of video stuff there, uh, tons of written content, all that good stuff. So smash the follow button and uh, enjoy the ride of uh, as we get to the 2023 NFL Draft. All right, man. Appreciate you again hopping on. Chargers fans, please go check him out. Sincerely, one of the best follows on Twitter for uh, the NFL Draft season. So go check him out. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.